everybody and welcome back this is part two part two of the invasion episode if you haven't listened to part one stop go listen to part one and then come back and we can get right back into it but make sure that you are all caught up on part one because it's important another one was that Thor? god did I was just talking DJ Khaled quotes. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, so we're going to start with everybody's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Christmas, Christmas time is here. Oh. Beautiful. The Thank remix. <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas remix. song? Uh, I really That was the like... DJ Khaled Christmas version, by the way. <laughs> um, the... The one that they sing in Charlie Brown. The one they sang or the or the piano song? No, the one that they like yell. Christmas time. Oh, that's here. right. Um, and then that's I really right. like the war is over. Snoopy versus the Red Baron? No. Or nope, you're thinking of John Lennon. Yeah. Yes. I'm thinking of uh, there's a Snoopy versus the Red Baron. <laughs> no, no, song. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm a peanut stan. But when I when uh, when you said war is over, I went to that as opposed to like I, I refer to that song as Happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in parentheses, war is over. There's also those are like classic Christmas songs. There's also several like pop Christmas songs that I really love. Like there's the Katy Perry one. Um, I don't know if I know the Katy Perry one. Ooh, 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 ooh. That was perfect. There was um, not a single word better. about <laughs> not about us, not a single word about Christmas in that version that you just sang. Um, and then the Ariana Grande, obviously, um, Santa tell me, Santa tell me if he. Oh will be yeah, here. that song's a fucking bop. And then there's like some a Joe Bro one. We can't we can't talk about Christmas without talking about Mariah Carey. Also, well, we need to I make don't sure I don't like that song. I just don't no, care for that, that song. I do not care for Mariah Carey as a human being. I think she is talented, but I my personal interactions with her were wildly negative. So that's I don't fair. Like her, <laughs> that's fair. Also, we cannot talk about Christmas without talking about Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Don't know who that is. You don't know the song? I don't think I know the song. Oh my god! It's literally it goes ching a dee ching, ha It's Dominic the donkey. Why is that a thing? <laughs> because it's the Italian Christmas donkey, Kelsey. Awesome. Okay, is this like Little Sebastian? Little Sebastian, catch a dream. Also, we watched, to your heart. we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special last week, and yep. Michael hated it. I did not think it was that bad. It was not that bad. It was infinitely better than the Star Wars one. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything that has ever been created in the history of consumable media content is better than the Star Wars Christmas yeah, special. That is arguably correct. <laughs> they needed subtitles. That's all. That's all they needed. Write yeah. some sort of dialogue. Yeah, just like anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. okay. Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. This is a hefty one. We have six friends in Shondaland today. 
Is is that six friends that are not our four new doctors? Um, some of them are the new doctors, but not all four of the new doctors. Okay, okay. Here, out of the four new doctors, my official guess, which will be Shondaland guesses, is Reed and Jackson are the only two regular people that we will see on the show. On Grace. Or I'm sorry, what did you like? You're yeah. saying that those okay that they the other two because if they're living in Shondaland, they're probably not going to be regulars. I'm so sorry. What do you think I said about Shondaland? That out of the four new doctors, that some of them are included in living in Shondaland. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which leads me to believe that they're not going to be mainstays on the show. Fuck you, Kelsey. Gosh, damn. I'm making vague faces, everybody. Uh, okay. All right. Um, Jackson and Reed are my two guesses because I believe that they'll probably be leveraged in some sort of private practice crossover because I believe that they will be the most important of the four people we just met today. Uh, okay. Um is there a reason so those are my you first think those two are the most important? I'm just curious. Like, it was what was it about them that stood out to you that would make them the most important? So Jackson caused the least amount of waves with Christina, and Hunt seems to like him right off the bat. And then Reed being the most attractive of the group will just be on the show because she's attractive. Okay. If we're losing someone like Katherine Heigl, they're going to want to add another attractive female to the show, was my guess. I see what you're saying. Um, I'm thinking of this from like a logistic standpoint. I see what you're saying. From the from the behind the scenes side. Yeah. Also, Charles, we've got enough white men in the show. <laughs> so those are my thought processes. But also those were the two that I liked the most. So I'm really hoping they just keep them. Okay. So, so there's six people in Shondaland. So how my, do you want to go about guesses? Uh, my, my, let's start Reed, with Reed and Jackson. Reed and Jackson are my first two guesses. Are, okay. are, are either of them correct? Jackson is correct. Reed, Reed is, is not. Okay. All right. So April, April and Charles and Charles. Wow. Fuck. Okay. All right. So we're out of that. Okay. So let's, let's go into the next one. So, uh, obviously a kidney girl because she's going to be with Bailey in private practice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we have two more, mm -hmm. two more. And my guess is the 19 year old girl. Yes. Very good. And she was she was attractive, so I figured she would be put somewhere else in some TV show. And Billy. No, and I Dang. was convinced Billy was. I like combed through his IMDb like four times because I was like, "There's this man is so familiar." Is it? Um, uh, is it the guy? Is it the um the the guy who the 19 year old girl was involved with, or her no. dad? No. No to both? Who else mm -hmm. is fucking in this show? 
Oh, HR, HR lady. lady. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Okay. So this episode, Shondaland, <laughs> really fucks with like the universe building of Shondaland in a lot of ways. So we'll go through it first. So Robert Baker plays Charles. He's in one episode of Scandal. Um, Sarah Drew. Plays I remember April. that actually. I yeah. feel like I remember that. Sarah Drew plays April. She is in two episodes of Private Practice that we have already seen. Do you remember the pregnant girl and Dell is like, and she's like, I'm thinking of adoption. And then Dell is like, yes. That's her. Whoa. Pre plastic yeah. surgery. <laughs> and now she's like here as a not that same person. In the same universe. Got it. Um, and so then Alexi Gilmore plays Sarah Fremont and then she's in obviously one episode of private practice as the same character, Alexis top. She started listening to me because I said that <laughs> Alexi, that's the Russian version of Alexa. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> um, and then, um, the 19 year old girl. The 19-year-old girl is in one episode of Station 19 as someone different, obviously. And Jesse Williams, who plays Jackson, is in seven episodes of Station 19 as Jackson. That's kind of a spoiler, but whatever. It's there. Yeah. Um, So that that 19-year-old girl looked like kind of a standard market version of Katie Holmes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all then, right, we're getting Jackson. Sorry. Jackson's going to be a regular. Okay. And then we have the the Missy Grant, the HR lady, Frida Foshen. And she is in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder and one episode of Private Practice. Same person in Private Practice? Is she no. also HR? No? no? Okay. She's a different person. So, <laughs> again. So, very two, two of the three Private Practice people are different humans in the same universe. Yes. And to one of the two station 19 people is a different person in the same universe. Who is the other station 19 person? The 19 year old and Jackson. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. Look at that. Well, that was a good episode of Shauna land. I, I love, I was like, this might be the most we've ever had. Probably. Yeah, because even the episode we may have had five before, but I don't think we've ever had six. The episode with the the ladies and the husbands in Mm -hmm. the the limousine. Yeah, that may have been a big episode. Basically, when all the big traumas happened. But remember when they had the high school episode or the kids were going to college and they got hit by a bus and there was like seven of them and it was only one Shondaland. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty wild. That was a high a high miss ratio. This was a high hit ratio. So Billy looks like the kind of person who is like a, a pretty, pretty like traditionally attractive guy who could have been used for those shows, though. Yeah, I agree. So. I really and he just kind of looked familiar. Yeah. So I don't know when you burgle that many people, though. Yeah. Start to get recognized. All right. So, yeah, so that's, that's Shondaland. We let's just we already did we talk really about the the Fremont lady the kidney lady um we talked about the implications from what Izzy did we didn't really talk about a lot other than that but I mean there's not really much else there's not really much else to talk about yeah yeah other than Bailey is invested and she's like I'm gonna fix this 
let's let's talk through the patients, and then we. I think the second half of this episode, we got to spend some time talking about our our favorite new attending in. Um, Cal- yeah, I was about to say, I've got a lot to say about Callie and her dad. About Callie. Are they just calling it Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital? Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't they have any creative <laughs> Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital. And it's a fucking mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, all right. Okay. So kick us off with the 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 patient that Christina and uh, Jackson have. You guys, this is gross. I don't care if she's legally an adult. This is fucked up. This is gross. This is disgusting. This is grooming. This is nasty. Okay. So these two men come in. One of them has been stabbed by the other one because um, it's Don and, oh, shoot. What's the other one's name? Frank. Don and Frank. Okay. So Don was the one that got stabbed, right? No, no. Don is the dad dad. of the 19-year-old daughter. Frank is the one that got stabbed. Frank and Don are like BFFs. We're going to say mid to late 40s, at least. Um, Don is mad because Frank has been sleeping with his 19-year-old, and he is like, I'm in love with her. That's disgusting. He, They have known each other for years. Don says, she used to babysit your kids. That's disgusting. I am not opposed to age differences. I don't think like when you are an adult, it's that big a deal, but this much at this stage, the frontal cortex is not fully developed until a person is 25 years old. I understand that 18 you're legally an adult, but there are still things that are gross and this is gross. He knew her growing up as a child. That's yucky. It's just yucky. And it's, I'm not a fan. Wait, the frontal cortex of your brain isn't developed until you're 25. No, it's like f- developing constantly until you're 25. Isn't there a celebrity that stops dating people at the age of 25? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. We're just going to go <laughs> out and say it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. But that's clicking to me as you're saying that because this episode is very nasty. Also, here's what I'm going to say about this topic. If there's an age difference, yes, that's fine. We get it. We see it. In this show, it's even portrayed with Mark and Lexi. Mm-hmm. And did we just did we decipher that it was out of the half your age plus seven range? I think it is, yeah, because she says she's twenty four, <laughs> and I think he's forty something, but she's less than twenty seven. So, so again, fine. Two consenting adults. Here's my beef with this situation. He knew this person before they turned eighteen. As a child, that's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's that is that's not like cool. okay. I'm gonna get a, some. I have two soapboxy moments in this episode, and this is gonna be the first one. Let's do it. There is a lot of misuse of the term grooming that gets thrown around in the media, specifically the right the right wing media. What grooming actually is, it needs to. The reason it's important to be used correctly is because people, especially young people, need to know what it actually is to look out for. A lot of times right-wing media uses the term grooming as like existing as a gay person around youth. And that's not what grooming is. And that's fucked up to say that. Um, they also basically imply that all gay people are groomers. And that is also fucked up and untrue. Grooming is when you, as an adult, you as an adult are like 
basically establishing trust and a relationship with someone who is not an adult so that when they do become an adult, they're basically going to be like, well, I already love you. You've made me feel so special and all this stuff. It's very yucky. It's inappropriate. A lot of celebrities have done it and just still get to be celebrities. Drake has done it multiple times and he just still gets to be a celebrity. It's gross. No one, no one addresses it. It's yucky. I don't care for it. Um, and it's just, I, it's like, I think it's so important to use that term correctly because children need to know what they're actually like on, on guard for like children and young adults and also parents of children or just adults who are ever around children so that they can see the signs and, and put a stop to it when it happens. This in this episode to me is an example of grooming. I it don't is. know. Obviously we don't get a lot of backstory on this man and like when he divorced his wife, you know, when all this started, but to have known someone when they are very, very young, and then to date them like the second they are legally an adult is gross. Yeah. And also I'm like, it's just, it's yucky. It's just like, it's bad. And yeah. wh what's going on with you as an adult that you can't find any other adult that will date you. You have to date a 19 year old. And I understand that legally 19 year olds are adults, but like everyone let's think about being 19 like you are, you still are like so impressionable. It's easy to take advantage of people that young, especially when you're someone they have looked up to for a long time. So you already have the trust it's established. It's just taking advantage and it's gross. Yeah. I'm glad Sorry that we to took be this a time. Nancy, but that's how I no. feel. <laughs> it's, and I would also say that, uh, the age difference things, so like if you're, if you're 60, and that puts you at 37 years old. Yeah. 60 dating a 31-year-old. 60 dating a 29-year-old. Again, different things. And also, situations are different when you don't have a pre-existing relationship yeah. with the person before they turn 18. That's really the biggest thing for me. Everything that you that you talk about afterwards, again, even the, the Mark and Lexi storyline under, under yeah. that difference. And she, okay, technically if she's, what, 24, 25, and they've been yeah. together for a little bit, whatever. Uh, it's just not, he didn't know her as a child. Yeah. That's yeah. That's just, that's just fucking gross. Yeah, it is. I don't like it. I don't, it's yucky. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's again, I think that like would... it's taking advantage of, and I'm sorry. Like, I just think I, I understand in a lot of these scenarios and like age difference in general, there's nuance and I don't mean to just group anyone in and say like anyone with an age difference is gross. And I also feel like it's portrayed a lot that it's only gross if it's a man doing it to a woman. But I feel very strongly that if it's the woman is the older person and it's like, if it was a 40 something year old woman and a 20 something year old man, I would feel the same way. So I just want to yep. like set the record straight. I understand it's portrayed more in media that the man is, it's an older man dating a younger woman. It does happen both ways. And I feel like, and I'm saying again, I want to set this boundary. Like not all age differences are grooming, but that's why I think it's important that like this word stops being misused and thrown around in a political agenda kind of way, because like it matters. People need to know what it actually is so they can help stop it and like yeah. keep people safe. And yeah, like it's just, it's just gross. And it's taking advantage of young people who are impressionable and naive. Yep. It's and so that true. is my first soapbox, and we will get to the second one later.
<clears throat> is it Callie related? I hope it's Callie it related. It's yes. more her dad related, but yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a good episode for them. Hey, uh, shout out to uh, Meg. So I know that she's your favorite character. So I'm very excited. Please yes. message us when you hear this. We could all talk about it. And yeah, also yeah. just shout out. She said that one of my songs is her new favorite song. And yeah. I keep forgetting to mention that. Uh, also, so, did you see um, her Instagram where she's drawing Jedi Knights as actual like traditional knights? No. It's a really, she's done, I think, two or three, and it's a really cool series. Shout out, Meg. Was it on her story? or No, it's on her page. Story? Is it on her story? Stories! (laughs) Uh, Uh, What is, what is, what's the... She's very talented. What do they say in Brave? What's their whole thing? If you could change your fate, would you? (laughs) Yeah. That's not even close to the right accent. It's your story! (laughs) (laughs) You gotta go to the swamp and talk to Shrek. Oh my gosh. What a good, what a good movie. Great. All right. Also, I'm I'm not an anti Shrek person. I'm a, I'm a fan of Shrek. I I was watching the scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where Michael Myers was telling them that that will never be a hit song, and he's basically talking like Shrek. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't unsee this. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, it's shitty. They catch him. He stabs him. This is the 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 Don Frank scenario is what causes the rift between Christina. And Jackson and, and Owen and Owen because it starts with is is it right before this scene when Jackson's like oh we should zone we zone where yeah. we come from which they like they make that like they present that as though we're supposed to be mad at that and I'm like that's actually not a terrible idea no instead of everyone fucking fighting and bickering over for it just when like they, when yeah, it comes just in flailing about in the ER where it's really important to like be on top of things. Um, but yeah, they kind yeah. of pres- like, obviously Christina gets mad and she's like, well, that's stupid. Um, and Owen's like, no, that's a good idea because it is a good idea. Um, right. and I, I, my only qualm with it is I'm like maybe a little more clarity because they just like leave. And I'm like, well, you could maybe explain it to all the people that are going to be involved, like including nurses and everybody. But other than that, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Because also suck. then if someone isn't where they're supposed to be, you can really quick be like, you're supposed to be here. What are you doing? You have left your zone, you dumb a-hole. Go back to your zone. Yeah. Um, So Christina has also already, like, told Meredith she doesn't know what she's fighting for. And um, Meredith says, you know, there will be another cardio god. Like, you just have to, like, keep practicing so that you're still doing surgery, all this stuff. Um, So Christina is already, like, and Meredith even tells Derek that she's depressed. Like fully like Christina, so much of her identity is wrapped up in being a surgeon and like learning that it's really hard for like it really impacts her just day to day life when she isn't getting that cup filled. And so Chris, this man comes in, the man who was stabbed and Christina like saves him, acts very quickly and saves him, like stops the bleed, saves him um, in the ER right there. Uh, And then at some point, John gets a medical hammer and like charges Frank when his daughter shows up, he charges Frank and um, Jackson tackles him so that he doesn't hit Frank in the head with a hammer, which was the right thing to do. I don't think he should hit Frank in the head with a hammer and I don't think anyone should let him. (laughs) Yes, Um, correct. So I will say it is good that Jackson stopped him. I also understand why Christina is mad because they're like, he saved my life. And she's like, I saved your life and you didn't thank me. 
Yeah, and I'm still saving your life. I'm yeah. literally doing my job to save your life. Yeah, I'm literally preventing you from bleeding to death exactly right now. Um, and then later on, they realize that like the Mercy West people aren't eating lunch when they're all in the lunchroom. So they, Christina gets up and runs to the ER, and Frank has had some kind of bleed pseudo aneurysm. Yeah, so they're taking him to surgery, and Hunt <clears throat> takes Jackson because he was there. And Christina isn't. And Christina gets mad. And now I see both sides to this. I I do wonder if it hadn't been Owen, if they would have taken Jackson or if they would have taken Christina. Because Christina has arguably been on this patient and working on this patient more that day. Christina makes a good point of being like, you go so far out of your way to like not quote unquote favor me that it's actually inhibiting my learning. So I do understand that argument, but I don't really know for a fact if that's why Owen did it. If Owen really did it because Jackson was there or if Owen is going out of his way to like make sure people don't think that he's favoring Christina. So I definitely see why it, it um, piles onto Christina's like being upset. Um, and that leads into the really good scene with Christina and Meredith where um, Christina goes in and just starts crying and Meredith is bedridden. So she can't get up and um, say anything to her. So she just like throws a tissue box onto the couch across to the couch. Yeah. Um, and she's really upset and she's like sobbing and she is going on and on about like not knowing what she's fighting for. And she doesn't get to, uh, hold hearts anymore. She doesn't like, she's like not learning. And she says, I miss Burke and it's not about, I'm trying to find the exact thing, but it's, yeah, so, I was really hoping you're going to have good, the um, good moment. I mean, Sandra O just fucking like crushes this. Okay. So Christina's like sobbing and she finally kind of calms down enough. And she said, and Meredith says, what happened? Talk to me. Tell me what happened. And Christina says, nothing is happening to me. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm chasing after surgeries. I don't even care about, uh, do you know how long it's been since I held a heart in my hand? Since I felt that joy, that rush, you know, I miss Burke. I miss him all day. It's not about the relationship or the sex. I miss every day he was here. I held hearts and I got picked not because of favoritism, but because it was like, it was right. And I learned, I learned and I felt seen. And now, you know what? I don't know what. I spent the entire day fighting and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's so good. And she's just like sobbing yeah. and like fight, gasping for air. And then um, Meredith says, come over here. And she like lays in the bed with Meredith and Meredith comforts her. It's very cute. So rarely do we get tears from Christina. Yeah. Really? So rarely do we get true emotion from Christina. Yeah. But since we lost George and since that episode where she was laying in bed and had this exhale. Yeah. And she goes, George O'Malley is dead. Yeah. We've kind of been on this tipping point with Christina, this roller coaster, this yeah. this precipice that is coming and leading up to this exact moment because there's no in her personal life. It was all wild. And obviously, yeah. you know, Christina and Meredith, they have the dark and twisties there. That's, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're there for each other. They get it. Whatever. But in her professional life, everything is bleeding over and yeah. we don't have this learning. We don't have this growing. There's no growth. There's no upward trajectory. And over the last couple of episodes, was it last episode that she went to Weber and was like, just fucking cut me, yeah. dude. Yeah. 
if you're not going to get someone who can teach me and utilize my skills, that's fine. But cut me because I don't yeah. want this shit. Yeah. So really great scene. A little bit of comedic relief when we have Meredith just like throwing the Kleenex box at her. Yeah. And then it is cute. I have no idea what show they're watching, but it's it's cute and it's, it's black old. and white. It's old. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't think that Christina was being fair to the Mercy West people as well. Yeah. She's also not fair to most people. Yeah. But when you have scenes like this, you really understand where she's coming from. And it's not coming from a place of... The thing I like about Christina's character is it's never coming from a place of of it's me versus you. It's yeah. it's me versus me so much that yeah. like I just need you to stop your shit because this is a me thing. I'm I can recognize that, but like I'm not upset mm-hmm. that someone else tackled a guy, or I'm not actually mad that what did, what did she say at the lunch table? They they tripped over the guy, and now yeah, uh, they, or he pushed him and he, he tripped, did a leap and now and tripped I, over a guy. Yeah, but it's it's coming from. I am not fulfilled because yeah. I need I can I can do all of yeah. these whip stitches onto a heart ventricle and blah 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 all this stuff and I'm not yeah. getting to do that. There's nothing to do with you. This is all me. Yeah. And that's the thing I like about Christina's character. So many times it's there's a pitting of a person, a character versus another character mm-hmm. and Christina will be mean to another character because of the internal. Yeah fight that she well, has and she I, just, I just like, like it her whole life has been about being a doctor and she's still in the in the quest to do that i guess and so she like is she wants to learn that's all she wants and so it's not even like yeah it's not really a me versus you but it's also i mean i think it's easy for us to be like this is weber's fault but i think in her world there's not really anyone to blame she's just like i'm just not learning but it's not like when han was there and she wasn't teaching her it's like there's no one there to teach her but i don't think she has anyone to blame and she's like not fulfilled in that way so it's just like really hard for her and there's no she doesn't have you know she's not like there's nowhere to put the anger yeah so true. So yeah, but it's a great scene. Like such a good scene from Sandra O. Oh. As per always, she's the best. She's so yeah. talented. And that uh reel that you made was very, yes. <laughs> very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um so yeah. Um, great scene. Just a great scene. And Meredith being like there in solidarity, like she tells Derek, We are depressed, we have the dark and twisties, whatever. Um, and Derek just being like, Okay. I understand. It's fine. Um, so we love it. I love their relationship. She comforts her. Oh, I thought you were talking for a second about how you love Derek and Meredith's relationship. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to take a quick moment for a break for our regional sponsors. And we'll be back after these messages. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. 
Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we <laughs> are back. You know what we forgot to talk about with the the Percy Jackson lightning thief <laughs> and Izzy Stevens? When she drops the coffee on his fucking shoes. Good for her. So dope. Also, we didn't talk about how the HR lady like gave Richard a pre-written speech. And she's like, Megan is suing us because you fired her. And she's saying that we fired her because she's pregnant. So you have to say these words verbatim. And so then when he tries to like talk to Izzy, the HR lady's like, Say your speech. Uh, 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 Dr. Weber, you have a pre-recorded line that we need you to go ahead and just press the button right here. Yeah. All right. So also there's that scene where Alex goes to Weber and he's like, look, you know, if you have to make any more cuts, just don't let it be Izzy. Yeah. And then he tells Izzy like, oh, Alex said something to me, which is misleading. Yeah. Because he doesn't oh. do that. He's fighting for her. Yeah. Because he cares about her. And she left him a fucking note on a piece of paper. <laughs> and um, also, when Alex goes to tell Meredith and Christina that Izzy left, we didn't talk about mm. that scene. Just a good mm. scene. Alex do you like, want to talk about? Cries. Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah. And then we could talk Alex. about Alex and... Uh, Reed, and then we'll wrap Luke, up this episode. Luke Danes' sister? Who? The daughter of that guy is Luke Steiner's sister in Gilmore Girls. The daughter of the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the blonde lady. Yeah. Luke Steiner has a sister? Yeah. Wow. Well, Jess has to have a mom. Who's Jess? Jess Mariano, Luke's nephew. Who's that? Is that Rocky Balboa's son? Yes. Oh. Wait, Rocky Balboa's son is related to Luke Steiner? Yeah, it's his nephew. Whoa. And his name is Jess? Yeah. Wow. Short for Jessica? (laughs) Yes. How did you know? (laughs) I was at a store the other day making a return, and there was a woman named Carmen who rung me out. (laughs) And I told Did her, I said, you have, the be- you have the best name in this whole building. Do you know that? And she goes, oh, why'd you say that? And I said, because it's my name. And she's <laughs> like, no, it's not. And I go, no, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. I need to watch Gilmore Girls. Uh, yes, you do. Not just the revival. Not just the revival. <laughs> the revival might also mean a lot more if you watch the show first. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So basically... Alex comes in and he's like, Izzy left. They're like, what are you talking about? She's like, she got fired and she left me this note and she left me and I don't know where she went and I don't know when she's coming back. 
and Meredith tells Christina to get up and hug Alex and she stands up and then Alex just kind of backs up a little bit and it's like brutal. I don't know why, yeah. but it's just really so, so sad. Um, and then they all three just like stand there staring at each other and then the episode ends. <laughs> so number one, it's just funny because Meredith had to tell Christina multiple times, like, just go fucking hug him. <laughs> go do it. I think if she would have got up the first time, he would have let her hug her. Hug him. I don't know. He, it, if it was Meredith, yes. But because it's Christina, I think it's just weird. It's a weirder relationship. That's fair. That's fair. I... I really don't know where she is. And I didn't I didn't catch the first time. So this does change my prediction a little bit. I didn't realize that he didn't know where she's going. I thought it was yeah. just we're done and she was leaving him. No, she he's like, I don't know where she is. Yeah, I like didn't fully. catch that the first time. Scary stuff. If I come home to a note one day and Jessica's gone, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. But she doesn't listen to this podcast, so she'll never know that. <laughs> so she'll do it because she doesn't know that you don't know what you'll do. No, Jessica, don't leave me. Oh, um, goodness. But they he has a good back and forth in this episode with with Reed. Kind of they have this this like kind of entertaining sparring in the yeah. episode. It's at the expense of that that patient. Yeah. And they I mean, man, we see some unprofessional shit in this show, but this is oh, yeah. arguably one of the worst times. They so, are just yelling. It well, and like they're in front of the patient, like, I'm not gonna show you his chart. That that's bad medicine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was not a good look. And also the lady, uh Luke Steiner's sister sees that multiple times and i'm surprised yeah. she lasted that long because at the end she's like hey this may be some shit that i don't know what's going on here for you two but for me this is my dad so yeah. can you get your fucking crap together put your shit in a backpack and get your shit together yeah leave it at the door guys this is not the vibe um so yeah it was also surprising to me that it took her as long as it did they're just bickering Back and forth, they are using this man as a pawn in their games. Ugh. Ugh, and it's unprofessional. And also, like, literally just such bad doctoring. Um, yeah. So she finally calls him out on it. But it's like a back and forth, and then they're, like, not catching things that need to be caught. They can't treat him because they keep making a plan, but they're not telling each other the whole story. And then they take him down for a CT or an MRI, some scan. And Alex is like, you know what? I'm done. You can tell Neuro. The head of Neuro is Arizona Robbins. And then he just leaves. And then Reed is like, that's not the head of Neuro, is it? And the tech is like, no. <laughs> Which is funny because he she, he's like, look, we the patient just yelled at us. Are we putting our, stu our stuff aside or not? Okay. Now, now that you see me <laughs> taking the high road, <laughs> I will go talk to this to person. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the thing that really sucked is so she so uh, Reed took the patient from Alex, but mm -hmm. Alex was handing the patient around as it was his. So then Hunt comes in and goes, hey, Reed caught this shit that you didn't. This is neurological. Alex, why do you suck dick? And he's like, well, I don't know <laughs> the answer to that. <laughs> um, so and then 
but Reed misjudges the side of the brain that the carotid uh, stenosis is. So that was when thing kind of hit the fan. But uh, does he does he live? I don't know. Is this? Yeah. What's the wrap up on this? A resolution for this man. Um. And. Yeah, uh, uh, adrenal, yeah, adrenal mass, carotid, carotid stenosis, expressive aphasia, subdural hematoma, tumor resection, carotid endotector me. <laughs> A lot of shit. An MRI. And it does not end an well. MRI revealed the subdural hematoma. Yeah, that's all. Like, they don't. We don't see a, a course of treatment for that one. So. Yeah, bad episode for them. They both look like shit. Shit doctors, shit people. Not a good look for either of them. No, no, not at all. Really not uh, setting the tone high for this Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital merger. Yeah. But that's all really I had on the notes on that. It's yeah. it, it is crazy that they were using him, like you said, as a pawn in that game back and forth. Anytime it's like when parents are getting a divorce and the kids yeah. are become the pawns in in that, yeah. and they're always trying to win over the kids. That but they weren't trying to win over the patient. They were just yeah. trying to win against each other. Yeah. So that was that was a bummer. But I don't really have any other notes there. I I'm hoping that they can move on but here's the thing it took how long for alex and christina to get to a point to not fuck over each other seasons so i'm not holding my breath for the alex and reed storyline anytime soon although how much of a twist of writing would it be if they end up getting together and getting married (laughs) actually that's my official prediction reed and alex get married (laughs) reed and alex get married Alrighty. uh when does that happen Season 12. Okie dokie. It's a long, um, slow burn. <laughs> slow, long game. Because it took us six seasons for Alex and Izzy. So six more seasons. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so next, should we do the Callie scene stuff now? Is there is there anything else before we round out with Callie? I really don't think there's anything else. I don't think so. Then I would like you to take it away with Callie, but I'd like to say one thing first. Mm-hmm. Two words. Arizona Robbins. <laughs> so fucking cool <laughs> in this episode. Damn. Like Callie is also super dope, but like Arizona, what the fuck? This is out of nowhere. She's just all of a sudden creeping up as one of my favorite characters on the show mm-hmm. yeah. if they kill her if she gets shot by by hunt in his rage i will be so annoyed in the next episode in the next episode <laughs> yes um, i'll be so mad okay so um hector is the actor who plays callie's father shows back up hector um What's Kelly's dad's actual name? It's not Hector. Is it Hector? The security guard of Genovia. Yeah. Um, Carlos is his name. So 
he shows back up and she's so excited and he's like, you know, we I'm like, I miss you. And and they hug and. um, And then she sees the priest. She's like, <clears throat> why is the priest here? Well, why do you think the priest has come to, quote, pray away the gay or yep. attempt to pray away the gay, I guess. Um, and so essentially that's shitty. <laughs> um, also, side note, the actual pope just said that same sex marriage is allowed. So <laughs> he talks to God is what I'm told. I don't know the pope, but I'm told he talks to God. So. Um, Carlo shows up with the priest and Callie is not thrilled and she's like railing to Arizona about it. And Arizona makes the point to say, why don't you sit and talk to him? Because like, if you look at it strategically, you are the person that has changed. He's been consistent. Like, and, and Callie's like, well, what about when you came out to your parents? And she's like, I never dated boys. I had a poster of Cindy Crawford. On my wall, I was not looking at her mole, and they were not surprised Titties. when I brought home a woman. <laughs> um, so she's like, I don't, and what I like is she doesn't sit and say, she's not like, well, he's right. You shouldn't be gay. She's like, just sit down and talk to him and like give him a moment to digest because like this is the situation from where he's standing. And Callie's like, I hate you. And Arizona's like, yes, because I'm correct. Dope. Which and I feel on a spiritual level. <laughs> People hate me because I'm always right. And Ka- I hate in you Arizona. because I'm always right. And that's why And it's I, exhausting. Like, if you could take the burden and be right some of the time, I would love it. Listen, everyone out <laughs> here listening so to the show wrong. knows how I am always right. Everyone listening to the show, they message me all the time going, hey, like, I know that, that, that Kelsey gives you a lot of a hard time, but we know, we know you're always right. No one. Every that. single person who's listened to the show ever once has messaged me that. No one says that to you. Every single person has. Okay. So everyone listening on Patreon right now, I need to blow up the discord and I need you all to just say, Carmen, you're always right. Kelsey, you're always wrong. I feel like no one's going to say that. If they don't, then I quit this podcast. That's untrue. (laughs) I have no leverage in this situation. Anyways, so Callie agrees to sit with Carlos and the priest. And... Originally, this scene was written that Carlos just starts reciting scripture, but the actor Hector is like, I think it makes more sense that my character would have this written down on index cards. And so that's what they ended up going with. So they have him have them on index cards and they have Callie just quoting it off the top of her head. I love this scene. The scene is so memorable. I think about this all the time. I think this is one of like the standout scenes in Grey's Anatomy. Definitely a standout scene for Callie, obviously. Um, so they're sitting there and basically he says like, you're going to hell. And the priest even says like, let's not bring hell into this. Um, and then first rule of, uh, holy intervention. We do not talk about hell right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I will say this also to the priest's credit when he pulls out the index cards and just starts quoting the Bible verses, the priest says, this is not what we discussed. So I will say at least to that, it doesn't really seem like there was a lot of communication on what they were doing. I think maybe the priest just thought he was there for moral support. And he was like, this is not what we were going to do. This bro, this was not the vibe. 
Um, so Callie is basically like, you flew 3000 miles to tell me I'm going to hell. I want thought you were going to apologize. And he says, I can't apologize. I don't understand what happened or where I went wrong. Shitty thing to say. Um, and that's when he starts saying Leviticus, thou shall not lie with a man as one lies with a female. And she says, don't quote the Bible at me. And he says, it is an abomination. The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is exceedingly grave. And Kelly's Jesus, a new commandment that I give unto you that you love one another, Carlos Romans, but we know the law, Kelly, Jesus, he who with his, he who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Her dad says, so you admit it's a sin, Kelly. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Jesus, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. Jesus, blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness sakes for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, Jesus is my savior, daddy, not you. And Jesus would be ashamed of you for judging me. He would be ashamed of you for turning your back on me. He would be ashamed. So good. So good. Let Here, me get on my second soapbox. Can I can I preface your soapbox with just a very Please quick soapbox do. of mine? I love Jesus. <laughs> I go to church every Sunday. I play in the team for music. I sing and I play guitar every Sunday. Never once would I ever, ever judge someone. And it is not right for them to be judged on sexuality, to not be accepted. I understand that that is a very old, like I'm not going to say that this is just boomers because there's also some not progressive and very um, uh, non-understanding young people who Mm -hmm. I have met. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago where literally someone in my family was was praising Ron DeSantis for his anti LGBTQ plus stances in, in political sense. That is not okay. And the thing that really hits home with me with the, with the Cali thing is when she said like every time that I'm sitting there and I'm thinking through, uh, any kind of religious stance or, or, or trying to work through that in, in my own standpoint, it's the let, let he who is without sin, sin cast the first stone. I suck. Like I am not perfect. I may always be right, but I'm not perfect. Um, <laughs> no, but I wasn't going to say anything, but now yeah. um, actually come to think of it, I'm going to start casting some stones. Uh, no, no, it's like the, the, the pro-life pro-choice thing, the, the gay marriage thing, the, the gay rights thing. It's, it's just, it's just such, it sucks so much that, when people hear the word religion or people hear about God and Jesus, that these are the kind of things that they think about. And right. I, I don't like that because mm-hmm. I am not either of those things. And I know so many people who go to my church who are uh, pro LGBTQ plus pro pro choice. And I also know a lot of people who are in same sex relationships and marriages who also love some Jesus. Right. Yeah. So like, Ah, man, this was just such a good scene, and I'm really excited to hear uh, your your soapbox now, too. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows, like, yes, these things suck, and these things are real, and these conversations, like, do happen within families, not condoning that. But just know that I think that from what I see on the inside of of the religious world, even in a, a, a small microcosm of the bubble that I exist in, 
I think that there are generations and clearly with the Pope's announcement the other day of being able to bless same sex marriages and and relationships, like I think that the world is changing in a good way and I'm very excited about things like that. So that's my, that's my stance. I'd love to know your thoughts too. Um, so my soapbox is specifically for the Bible verse that is most often used to condemn gay marriage. Um, it is the Leviticus one where he says, thou shall not lie with a man the way one lies with a woman. This, um, I've done a lot of reading on research that's been done on the linguistics of this. And the um, translation that we have in English is the only one that reads that way. If you ask any other biblical scholar or linguistic scholar outside of the English language, how it translates, it translates to young boy. Um, so it is essentially seeing do not be a pedophile because it's an abomination, which I would agree with. I would say that's not a hot take. Uh, I don't think you should do that. Don't abuse children. Um, and for some reason, I mean, historically speaking, before the church super got into political, into politics, the church was more pro-choice the church was more accepting of gay people and then at some point down the line there was a politician who wanted to get the church involved and they needed to get the church involved and it was it was going to be on the conservative side and they leveraged a lot of things to their um cause and it was unfortunate and it to your point it does paint a broad picture of anyone in the Christian religion that I don't think is true across the board, but a lot of people unfortunately have had that experience and it's really unfortunate. But if you're at all, I mean, it is not hard to find these. I mean, I've read like several, several different, I don't even want to say articles cause it's more like, um, like educational materials for like linguistic studies um, that's what I was reading more of because they're written by other linguistics um, professors and people who study linguistics and translations. And but they're at the same time, they're people specifically in the um, religious studies of it, like people who study different translations of the Bible and, you know, where it came from Latin and Rome and and Greek and all these different um languages that funnel down into what we know where we're speaking English. But I just want to say that specific Bible verse really irks me when it gets used because it is mistranslated with the intention of being harmful to a minority group of people. And let me tell you, I don't think Jesus would much care for that. I think I would have to agree. I think in this situation, I, you're, you're Kelsey, you're right. I, I think, think you are, man. <laughs> well, I guess it's my opinion. You were also right. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, that was my second soapbox is it's just really not difficult to find this information. And it was like later in like the the back half of the 1900s that that was even translated that way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really don't think the people that listen to this podcast need to be convinced of this. I think most people who <laughs> listen to this will probably agree with us. But if you're looking for resources to have conversations with other people they are available and I, we understand your plight of having these conversations, especially if it's, um, with family members that you disagree with. And especially this time of year, things can get heated at the family gatherings around the Christmas table. Yeah. So there's also, there, there's also something to be said about 
it's not your life. So what the fuck? Who cares? You know? And that's how I feel about so many topics in, uh, like, let's like, I don't know. We don't have to go down this rabbit hole. I think we've said, we've said a lot of our, of a lot of our piece and I feel, I feel good about that. People then the people who've listened to this podcast now for multiple years and are on this journey know where we stand. So I feel yeah. good about that. Um, my favorite part of that whole scene though, is the quote from the priest at the end when he says, pardon my language, but what the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's my favorite part. That was a a good part. That's a good twist from the priest from father Kevin, father Kevin. Um, so let's, can we, do you have the, the, the dialogue pulled up of Arizona at all? Uh, yeah, I can get to it when she goes to him. Yeah. Yeah. We get this scene. First, hold on really quick. There's the quick scene where Callie is crying and Arizona finds her and Callie's like, at least now I know that I can like stop having contact with him because I don't need a father, not one who doesn't support me. And, and yeah. Arizona doesn't really say anything. She just kind of comforts her. So that happens. And then Arizona goes to Carlos. So I want to let you know, listeners and Kelsey, that this scene with Arizona definitely made me emotional. Mm-hmm. And this whole storyline in general uh, made me emotional as a father to yeah. a daughter, um, which is very emotional. But uh, I didn't have a full on, I didn't have a full on cry, but there was uh, some feels where there were some there were some misty eyes taking place that uh, if Arizona kept talking could have turned into to, to full blown tears. Um, but it was the last the last line. And we'll get to that in a yeah. second. So if you got that that dialogue, yes. go ahead and throw it up. So Carlos, um, Arizona approaches Carlos and he says, I don't know you well enough to talk about her. We're not going to do that. She says. Most people think that I was named for the state, but it's not true. I was named for a battleship, the USS Arizona. My grandfather was serving on the Arizona when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, and he saved 19 men before he drowned. Pretty much everything my father did his whole life was about honoring that sacrifice. I was raised to be a good man in a storm, raised to love my country, love my family, and protect the things that I love. When my father, Colonel Daniel Robbins of the United States Marine Corps, heard that I was a lesbian, he only had one question. I was prepared for how fast can you get the hell out of my house? But instead it was, are you still who I raised you to be? My father believes in country the way you believe in God. And my father is not a man who bends, but he bent for me because I'm his daughter. I am a good man in a storm. I love your daughter and I protect the things I love. Not that I need to. She doesn't need it. She is strong and caring and honorable. And she is who you raised her to be. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. When, (laughs) when, uh, when she said that, my father is not a man who bends, but he bent for me. I was like fucking daggers. That was, that was the line. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so good. And honestly, I, I don't think I ever also, it was her grandfather was in Pearl Harbor, not her father. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her Her grandfather. Yeah. So when, when she says that, she was named after the battleship that sunk, not the state. I, in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, I never, I know history and I know the significance of the Arizona battleship. And I hope to someday go to Hawaii to see it in Pearl Harbor. But this character has never in my head made those connections. So it was really cool to hear that. And then the end, the end scene with her, uh, with Callie and her dad, do you have that too? Yes. Um, 
he finds her when she's leaving the hospital and she's like, I can't do this. You can see me in hell. And he says, listen, I have to catch you. And she says, what your whole life, you've always been on a bridge calliope ever since you were a little girl and you don't just walk on it either. You climb the railing and you're ready to leap. And when you do, when it happens, I have to be there. I have to catch you. And she said, you don't have to catch me. And he says, yes, I do. It's my job. And then he says, if this works out between you and Arizona, is there a chance that maybe you'd give your mother a wedding? So, like, that's kind of Callie's first clue that he's he's coming around. Like, yeah. There's his view has shifted. She says, if Arizona wanted to spend the rest of her life with me, yeah, I'll put on a big white dress and dance down the aisle. And he says, how about grandkids? And she said, yes, I would imagine when the time came, there would be kids. And he says, does she make you happy? And Callie said, yes, dad, she makes me very happy. And they hug. And she says... I love you. And he says, she's not a vegetarian, is she? Because I don't know how much more I can take. Which is exactly where my head would be if I went through the first arc before this. And then he goes, I feel very old. And I'm like, okay, boomer. Yeah. (laughs) But it is nice that it ends on a happier note. That Callie doesn't seem to to be um, so shunned anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, honestly, that's the funny thing is, is I would be more concerned about the person's dietary restrictions over. I don't I don't give a shit if you're gay, you know, Um, gosh, that's so funny. Also, I have I have dated both a vegetarian and I've dated a vegan and clearly I didn't end up with either of them. (laughs) Yeah, Jessica loves her some bacon. Yeah, she loves her some beef, jerky, stick, meat, penis. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Thought I was gonna beat you to it. <laughs> uh I made some I made some steak the other night and I did it on the grill and the steak uh I'm I must need to clean that grill because it caught fire. Oh good. The steak the steak caught fire. Yeah, I would clean the grill. Yeah, I just need a new one. I just need a new grill. No, next. you can just clean it. No, 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 no. This is this is the cheap gas grill that we bought just to get us through this year. Like we did this with the intention of getting a a, a, a nicer grill next year. Isn't the Traeger a grill? The Traeger, Traeger is my smoker. This was a grill. This Isn't was it our, also a grill. It's different. You don't get. You can't really get the char like with a gas grill with an. So open it flame is a burner. grill. You're just not using it as a grill. I'm using it as a smoker because it is a grill, and because you just opt not to utilize it that way. How about predictions <laughs> <laughs> and rating this have, episode? Do you have anything else? I feel like we didn't talk about Meredith. I mean, she's not there that much, but. She's she she became kind of like this. This was the first episode that she really kind of was like this pseudo leader of the show. Like, I think they're finally starting to lean into this is Grey's Anatomy because of Meredith Grey. And I think it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that they're leaning into that. That was my note for her. But Callie, Arizona and uh, the security guard from from Genovia stole stole this episode, in my humble opinion. Very great acting. Just incredible storyline. Quick arc quick and intense arc and um yeah I'm, I'm a big fan this that was that was nice but yeah what uh any final thoughts you have before we rate and rate and predict uh no i don't think so i'm going through everything but i think i'm i think we touched on everything the scene when they were in the lunch table and they're looking around oh, and, yeah. and the, the slow realization of wait none of them are in the cafeteria and then they go <laughs> oh my god they don't eat lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh um, goodness well let's rate it you can go first all right. I have two ratings for this one. <laughs> Objectively looking at this episode yeah. from my perspective, it's like a 3.2. Yeah. 
Oh my God, that's so Hold low. on, hold on. Because I know that it's setting up a lot more using my deductive reasoning skills <laughs> and knowing that we're about to go through this gigantic change with the merger and everything, I'm going to give it a four. I okay. did not love this episode. This episode is just okay. But it's an ep- it made me excited to see what is coming next. So it's at a four for me. some pretty great performances in this episode. Right. But, like, there was also some people that it introduced me to who I don't like very much right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it's a 4.4. 4. Really, really good performances okay. from Callie, from her dad, from Arizona, from Christina specifically. Um, I mean, I don't love Izzy, but I think the way that Katherine Heigl played the part where she's getting fired was really well done. You can see a lot of emotion on her face. Um, you know what? I'm thinking I, I unfairly rated this episode lower. I think I just <laughs> want to remove the 3.2 and give it the four. Okay. Because there you're you right. Know. There were, there were good performances. I think I was just, there wasn't like any, any super big drama. It was, it was, yeah. it was a emotional story, personal yeah. relationship, heavy episode. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take the 3.2 out of the equation. I'm going to give it just a four. Okay. Is that okay? Um, Can everyone I'll out there stop it. yelling and throwing their stuff <laughs> at, the, at the TVs and their, their, their phones and their radios, please? I'll allow it. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so predictions. Um, we'll predict something with the people that we've met, like Reed, Jackson, April, and Charlie. So my my prediction so far is just that Jackson and Reed are going to make it long term. My I, I don't think that April and Charles stick around very long. Okay. My excuse me. My thought process is did Weber. Have they only done the first round of cuts from Seattle Grace and all of the Mercy West cuts have already been done? Or are we going to slowly continue to get cuts from both sides now that they're all in one building? That part is still unclear to me. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling that maybe the people we're being introduced to are going to get cut somehow still. But I don't know. Okay. I don't fully so understand. So what's your timeline on if Charlie and April leave? What is your timeline on them leaving? Uh, by the end of the season. I think that all the cuts that we'll have from the merger will be done this whole season. I think all of season six is going to be about the merger. So people who are going to come into the show or be leaving the show will be done for, by, for, for merger specific reasons will be done by the end of season six. Okay. So I don't know if we'll get a new cardio God right away. Okay. That was my next thing. But I, I, it will be within the, that one's going to be more imminent. That one probably seems like they need a head of cardio uh, <laughs> fairly soon. Yeah. So I think next episode we're going to get introduction to the head of cardio. But it's only because the bullet that Hunt shoots goes through two hearts, one of which is April's. Okay. Um, and anything with Christina and Owen other than he's shooting after the shooting after the shooting they'll have another episode where she's in therapy with him okay um and then anything oh alex and izzy i've i really have a hard time believing that izzy is completely gone alex and izzy are going to have a face-to-face interaction before she leaves when next episode okay or the episode within the next two episodes okay um 
I don't know. Do you have anything else to predict? Because I don't really know if I have anything else to ask. I don't know. How long is Meredith bedridden, though? I think it's just these two episodes, if I remember correctly. I think she's up and about next time, but I don't 100% know if that's true. All right. Well, no, that's all I got. Why don't you uh, close us out and take it away, my friend? Okie dokie. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you are following us all the places. You can email me at grazeacademypod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, and Twitter at grazeacademypod. You can follow us individually at chaoticallykelsey, carmen.gabriel.official. And you can leave us a rating and review and you can join us on patreon as well we will also keep you updated on the website progress um and i think that's it thank you guys so much for listening pretty please continue to share us with all of your friends and family um tell people you know it's the new year people going to be looking for a new podcast be like oh you're looking for a new podcast here's one have this one listen to it it's great um and so yeah thank you guys for listening and remember if you see carmen walking down the street just remember no spoilies no spoilers don't even think about it do take a picture with me do take a selfie do wish me a happy holiday whatever holiday you celebrate i want you to know that i want to celebrate that with you and uh as always we appreciate you listening so much and we will see you all in the next one and and uh have a merry christmas everyone if it's coming from if you celebrate christmas have a merry christmas because that's the next holiday immediately that we will have but i think there's hold on actually hold on hold that thought hold that thought uh pulling this up we've got uh christmas and we have uh kwanzaa uh, right back to back. After. That's the day after. Yeah. So uh, before the next podcast comes out, both of those will be celebrated. So we wish you both of those to be merry and bright. And we'll see you all in the next one.